And welcome to a new edition of Laurel Park Weekly. We're live here by the historic Laurel Park paddock. It's Thursday, November 2nd. That's right, guys. We're into November, the first week of November, so we know what that means. Breeders' Cup, World Third Red Championships this weekend. Dave Robin, Tim Tolligum, Stan Salter. We have a nice carryover in our pick six. We'll show you that in a second. But, yeah, first weekend of November, it's Breeders' Cup week. It's Perfect. also candy hangover. <laughs> yeah, yeah, after that. Candy after. hangover, lots of candy in trick my or, house. Trick or treat. Uh, uh, you, you need that extra energy, Tim, to handicap the cards at Laurel Park, racing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, 1230, and the Breeders' Cup races from Del Mar on Friday and Saturday. I know a lot of handicappers putting in some extra hours, so maybe the sugar rush will help us all. <laughs> There's plenty of it. I've got some if you need it. Okay. And, and, and a lot of people are going to be uh, lost handy handicapping those Breeders' Cup races a mandatory payout in the Belmont uh, Belmont Park. I'm sorry, no, they're at Aqueduct now, right? Or they're somewhere. Switching there's a mandatory aqueduct. pay mandatory payout uh, mandatory payout up there in the Pick Six on Friday in New York. So what I'm getting at is uh, don't don't let this get lost in the shuffle. Let's take a look at our Pick Six. Uh, there it is. Don't don't get don't ignore that there with Breeders' Cup and everything. Nice carryover in the Pick Six Friday. A little over eighteen thousand. Friday kicks off the four-day race weekend. Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and Monday. So yeah, might get don't don't let that get lost in the shuffle because that could uh, that's a nice little payout there in the Pick Six. Yeah, if you're the single ticket in the Rainbow Pick Six, that'll set you up nice for Breeders' Cup Saturday. I give you a little, uh, little, a little bit to play yeah, with. A little leverage. Just a, yeah, a little, absolutely a little <laughs> leverage for sure, but a little to play with. Well, let's show you some big races from Laurel Park last week, and then I tell you what, the uh, the maiden special weights around here in Maryland are some of the toughest maiden special weights on the East Coast, and uh, a lot of those are uh, thanks to some uh, shippers from Fair Hill, and we're going to show you four, all, all, all four of these maiden special weight winners shipped in from Fair Hill uh, this past weekend at Laurel Park. Let's show you tricks to do with one rain. This was last Friday for trainer Arnaud Delacour, Fergal Lynch, a nice ride on this two-year-old by End of Mischief. Uh, the inside rain broke early in this race. This was a good ride by Fergal. Yeah, heading uh, but the opening furlong, furlong and a half, the rain snapped, the left rain. Uh, Timmy, I know you mentioned after this race, you know, right rain maybe, but left rain, that was a Quite a, bit, quite a bit of race riding there by Fergal. He, he just looked like he he had both reins, to be honest with you, well-seated on the horse. Well, yeah, the, the outside rain yeah, actually the, broke. Oh, the said, outside rain. Or the broke. inside rain broke. The inside, inside, rain, the inside broke. rain broke. And, you, um, you said it's easier when an outside rain Oh, absolutely, yeah. because you can you can steer you can steer a horse uh, down in there. But the amazing thing about that was, I mean, the, the wind was impressive. The horse was very impressive. But the amazing thing about that was Fergal Lynch never gave it a second thought. He reached down and tried to grab the rein. That didn't get done. He just just grabbed onto the main, never gave it a thought not to ride, and actually went to the stick a couple times uh, at about the uh, eighth pole just to remind him, and then finished up the race. So it was it was a pretty incredible ride. A highly regarded off the the first race, so you know right away he knows he's on a, a Cadillac, so to speak. There, and uh, you know imagine what went through his head that few seconds after the rain broke. You know what, what do I do now? Yeah, yeah, never yeah. never really thought about uh, you know panicking at all. No, not at all. I mean the horse was pretty much going to follow the field round. What the Harry part came when. It was time to pull up and yeah. time to stop because he only had one rain and it was the outside rain 
horse is going to naturally go to the outside fence. So mm-hmm. if he had the inside rein, it would have been, made it a little easier. Yeah, so on the gallop out, uh, the horse just kind of went straight toward the paddock gap. Uh, Fergal bailed out. He caught just a glimpse of that on, on the gallop out. Horse went into the paddock. Fergal got up, bounced uh, off and on his feet, and walked away from it. And the horse was caught in the paddock. So all safe on the jockey's part and the horse's heart part. A very uh, talented horse there. Tricks to do, D double O. All right, so this wasn't the only uh, impressive maiden special weight winner from the Delacour barn. I think we're going to show you three. And here's a first out winner from the Delacour, Delacour barn last Saturday. Bloody Point, a, th- a three-year-old filly by Warfront. Homebred here for Alpha Delta. Stables, Horacio Caramanos aboard. She was a little green, but much the best here in a tough maiden special weight. Yeah, kind of looking around a little bit, Tim, in the stretch, maybe head a little high in the air, maybe looking around uh, through that, really the whole, the entire stretch run. She was, and she didn't come in on her work pattern coming into this race. Wasn't a typical Arno Delacour work pattern. There was a couple breaks in this, uh, this filly's works, and she looked like she needed a little time in between some works. So she wasn't, didn't seem as seasoned as this horses typically are when they come first time start, and it kind of, it sort of showed a little bit, especially through the stretch. But your pound's the best. You can get away with it, and she will get a lot of a lot of uh, valuable experience out of that start. And um, you know, when you when you look at a horse like that, and look at the buyer number, the raw number, without seeing the race, you know, maybe you'll take that number as a concrete figure. But you've got to factor in a little bit of the greenness there. Maybe could have run a little bit faster. Got a nice win price there on uh, Bloody Point, seven dollar and twenty cent win price uh, for Ono oh Delacour, uh, well meant first out winner. That's that's an, a nice win price because how tough? Look at how tough this race was. Uh, you had a nice candy ride filly who was second. Uh, you had the Shug McGahey Arch filly who was third. Uh, the Showenthal Rockslide uh, first time starter was fourth. So you get a nice win price there on Bloody Point, uh, an impressive first out winner from the Delacour Barn. Uh, big things to come, I think. I like the, uh, you know, it's a well-bred, a warfront filly, and they were very patient uh, getting this filly to the races. And uh, we've had a lot of options now, long, turf, with that kind of pedigree. Absolutely. All right, let's take a look at another impressive maiden special weight winner uh, last weekend here at Laurel Park. This was last Sunday and vindictive ways with uh, Forrest Boyce aboard for trainer Trez Abbott. This is a good-looking two-year-old filly by Broken Val. This was her third time going long. And, uh, yeah, she comes uh, splitting horses there. It's a, a nice field of runners she beat. She beat a, a Larry Jones filly by Medallia Oro. Forever was second. Uh, you had Horacio De Paz, Malibu Moon filly who was third. So it's a good-looking win by Vindictive Ways for, for Trez Abbott and Forrest Boys. And a night and day kind of seasoning uh, effort there, Vindictive Ways between Bloody Point. She was behind horses, a little kickback on that off track. You see a few horses were maybe struggling home over it, but it didn't bother her. She was uh, behind horses heading down the back stretch and tipped off that heels of horse the leader in front of her about the eighth pole yeah and she got out in the middle part of the racetrack where it was a, where it's a little bit drier not down inside where a lot of the water go tends to go and you get mm-hmm. stuck into so that was a nice move but i thought all those fillies were just kind of staggering a little bit they to were. the wire <laughs> uh, they, they were staggering a little bit of the wire and and vindictive vindictive ways was uh just staggering the fastest although she looked the best coming down to the wire mm-hmm. the other two fillies were we're struggling a little bit but this one turned miles tough it's tough for older horses it's really tough for uh, younger horses it's just such a long way down mm-hmm. from the top of the stretch to that second 
wine. But again, had some seasoning on a horse, say like a Bloody Point, it was green. Uh, she'd run a couple of times, I think, right. before. Right, right, right. You get a nice eight dollar eighty cent win price there on Vindictive Ways. Delacour wasn't done yet. Perhaps his most impressive maiden special weight winner, first out winner here. Number one, Vouch last uh, last Monday here at Laurel Park in a tough maiden special weight for two year old Colts going two turns on the main track. Vouch went right to the front and kept on going two year old by yes it's true this Colts a full brother to Calamity Kate who made 621,000 and a good looking win here in debut sky's the limit here for this two year old Mondays used to be sleepy not anymore not when Laurel is running and then we've got a horse like that winning the opener of the day maybe overlooked and uh, you know with slow fractions just kind of did what he needed to do up front never really got to the bottom of him um, wherever he runs next he's probably worth a play again I would think because you know he never really got to the bottom of him and he did everything in a very very professional manner first time out he, he certainly did I actually talked to Horatio Caramanos after that race and he said I got in the first turn and his stride just changed it lengthened out and and uh, and off he went and this horse came in typical of an Arno Delacour horse a lot of good solid works Arno I can pretty much tell from what the plan was to run long first time out. Right. You're looking at the workout pattern, and Arno brings us some nice horses down here. And it's a real pleasure, and he does such a great job. And I made this analogy before to NASCAR. You can, you can give a crew chief the best equipment, an owner, best cars, best technology, all of that. But if you don't know what to do with it, right. you can't make that car run fast. Same thing with Arno. He's got some nice horses. He knows what to do with them. And they paid 230000 for this Colt as a yearling at Caneland. And, Alan, how tough is that to do to win first time out? going along with the horse it's extremely tough it's extremely tough and Arno can do it and there's a few guys who can really do it and if you look at this horse's workout pattern he he, he was going long first time out and he'd commented to, to Horatio he just didn't think the horse had enough speed to even try to go short first time out but uh this was the key, and he got a lot of experience out yeah, of that for sure. No matter what number he ran that race, you can probably tack on 10, 15 points to it next time out when somebody comes to him. The question is, you know, will he be able to relax and take kick back? And a lot of people are going to say, ah, what did he beat? Well, you know, it doesn't really matter when you the way you look at him down the stretch. He wasn't on the left lead. He wasn't green. He wasn't stopping. It looked like he, he could have found another gear had he needed that extra gear. Uh, for sure, and, and I had commented to Stan before the race that he there was only one or two choices he was going to have to go to the lead or he was going to be inside taking a lot of kickback which isn't always the best for a green mm -hmm. horse and and just go to the front and he just did a pounds of this but your comment about him being so good in the stretch he was straight he didn't wander, and uh, he, he ran it like he'd run four or five races before. Right, so. very professional-looking yeah. indeed. So remind me when he runs back, because I forgot to put him on stable mail. I'm going to do that as soon as the show is over. So that's four uh, impressive maiden special weight winners we showed you from last weekend here at Laurel Park. Tricks to do, bloody point, vindictive ways, vouch. I tell you what, guys, with uh, the Fairhill shippers combined with the, uh, the top barns that are already stabled here, the maiden special weights here at Laurel Park, whether it's for two-year-olds, or older horses and now you're starting to see the two-year-olds going long on the dirt and the turf so you're really starting to see some nice two-year-olds that they waited on the nice ones they waited on uh, the maiden special weights uh, around here uh, day uh, day after day are the, are the features uh, features of the card here yeah don't sleep on those Mondays at Laurel Park yeah. is the uh, the real uh, the real answer there you know you've got to look from beginning to end you never know what you're going to see on a Monday card oh, and, as Stan mentioned the maiden special weights are, are always they're tough here, I and mean, there's no doubt about it, and they're, they're getting deeper and deeper in the combination of, of our 
of our uh, trainers that are stable here, plus the Fairhill influence has uh, mm -hmm. made these races very, very exciting. All right, let's show you uh, a few big races from around the country last weekend. Let's go up to Belmont Park for the Wild Stakes, and we know this horse, uh, Therapist, a couple local horses in this race. Therapist wins it. He's our Laurel Fraternity winner, and look who comes second, VIP code at a big 70-1 to price. So a couple local horses up there uh, that we uh, were rooting on in the Wild Stakes, and Therapist, an impressive winner for trainer Christophe Clement. Yeah, Therapist, New York bred. He's based at Belmont, but again, he won the Laurel Futurity, and he won the Laurel Futurity despite breaking through the starting gate prior to the race. Normally, that's an immediate toss, cancel your ticket, but he went on, he won anyway. I remember we commented on that after he won the Laurel Futurity. You know, he's better than that head victory looked on paper, and there he was with a great trip down to the inside, stretching out to a mile. It was not a graded race, but it was an increase uh, in the distance, extra distance for him from six furlongs to a mile for Therapist. Now three for three from the Christophe Clement barn. Two wins at Belmont and one at Laurel. The Laurel Futurity winner uh, triumphant. It was certainly an impressive race, but I, I was uh, really interested in VIP code running up there, yeah. a local horse for Phil Schoenthal, and he ran a really, really nice race. Carlos Quijones blew his stick at the top of the stretch, but he kept on chugging and, and got up there mm -hmm. for uh, second at uh, 70 to 1. I think the horse was 70 to yeah, 1. So, last uh, jump by yeah. a nose. He had the wider trip than Therapist up at 70 to 1 to finish second. The favorite finished seventh in the race there. War Chestnut, real fire from him on no real excuse. So Therapist was 8 to 1 morning line. What, what does horse pay he was four to one when it went off yeah. four to one so a nice ten dollar winner uh for uh for therapist going from the laurel fraternity up there to win the awad stakes at belmont also last weekend up there at belmont the bold rollers stakes let's take a look at tom's ready for trainer dallas stewart four-year-old colt by more than ready uh, with jose rosario aboard in the preview of this race we talked about Seymour Dini, who had been so impressive going the mile here at laurel he finished fourth with kind of an interesting comment Never really made the lead, never part of the pace. Late interest was a comment on him finishing fourth. Stall walking due to opens up. Too bad the wire is not right there because here comes Tom's ready who gets that last run to win by three quarters of a length. Eight to one for my man WTIX Dallas Stewart for a GMB racing. And Tom's ready goes over a million dollars in earnings now with, with that win. He's five for 20. Uh, he's had uh, two, two stakes uh, previous so uh, th this horse, he was just fast closing and got the job done. Eight, Simple as that. Eight, eight to one morning line. What, what, did, what did he go off at? And he right? pays eighteen dollars to win. You got for the GMB colors there for nice. Mr. Benson. Who that Saints? <laughs> nice <laughs> win price there for Tom's ready. Let's go down to Keeneland last weekend for the Fayette Stakes down there. Let's take a look at the player for trainer William uh, Bradley, four-year-old colt by Street Hero with uh, Calvin Burrell aboard. At eight to one winner here, the first uh, black type win, first graded stakes win for the player, and uh, looking for him next in the Clark, which will be a Grade One uh, race at Churchill Downs on November the 24th. Neolithic made all the running on the pace, but a clear cut win on the off track mm, at Keeneland for the player for uh, Bradley um, and the um, the Haggard Fayette. Well, no, yeah. The player was second in the Indiana Derby and second in that at Churchill and just got a perfect trip from Calvin, Ver uh -huh. from Calvin Burrell, just laid right off of it. And you, couldn't, you can't get a better trip than that. that. That was a perfect trip. Yep. Perfect. 
McCracken third in there, a no fire, maybe the off track kind of, you know, undoing there. So, right. uh, but the player looks like he's an up and, up and coming horse. We'll see if he steps up to grade one company next out. Yeah, four-year-olds made a bunch of money. All right, let's get a quick uh, break. We have uh, some big national races coming up this week. And, of course, the Breeders' Cup, the World Thoroughbred Championships out there at Del Mar Friday and Saturday. If you can't make it to Del Mar, I hope you can make it here to Laurel Park. We have 11 races Friday and Saturday, six big fields on our world-class turf course. Nice carryover in that pick six, a little over 18,000. That starts tomorrow. Uh, we're going to handicap some of the Breeders' Cup races for you. Some local horses uh, uh, out there. Uh, we'll take a look at those right after this. In the thrill of victory, And the agony of defeat. Either way, you win. Have a stake in the race with Express Bet. Welcome back, Laurel Park Weekly. A big week in racing uh, here. Uh, uh, here at Laurel Park, we have 11 races Friday and Saturday, a bunch of big fields on our world-class turf course, but uh, it's Breeders' Cup weekend. It brings a bunch of new fans out to the races, kind of like the Triple Crown in the fall. It's the World Thoroughbred Championships, a bunch of great uh, horse racing, a bunch of great wagering uh, uh, opportunities as well in the Breeders' Cup races. Yeah, just uh, jam-packed uh, fields with big payoffs expected and uh, all, all of the, uh, the Breeders' Cup uh, plays. You pick threes, you pick fours, you, you pick six. There's a lot of ways to go, and uh, we're going to highlight a couple of the more competitive races here uh, in the Breeders' Cup, the Sprint and the Classic. How tough is it to win the Breeders' Cup Sprint? Tim, you know you were in the Breeders' Cup Sprint Lone Star 2004, right? Yeah, yeah I was uh, three three across the track at the top of the stretch, and uh, there was just this kind of horse called Spitestown who right. uh, outrun us to the wire, and we started to back up a little bit. We were very fast, 21 and change, 43 and change, I think. Uh, too fast, but uh, it was a great experience. I uh, would love to do it again, maybe sometime at one, some point. But, but, uh, but it was—it's it, tough. I mean, those races are tough. Those horses are—they're serious runners, and uh, this is a serious card on Saturday. I looked at the card a little bit. Saturday's cards. You, you better have your running shoes on. Well, End of story. Sprints, you know, the fastest horses in the world, uh, no, no doubt. Let's take a look at one that we know around here. Imperial Hen is 9-2 to in the Breeders' Cup Sprint. Here's his last win. This was at Parks back on September 4th and, uh, against Stakes Company. He got a 109 buyer speed figure winning this race. He went 107-2. and two. That's some serious uh, fast time going three quarters. We know Imperial Hint. He won the grade three General George earlier this year. He's a perfect four for four, and he's one of your favorites in the Breeders' Cup sprint. Imperial Hint, yeah, four for four this year, eight for 12 lifetime. Uh, and after the George, he had a couple of issues. Uh, trainer Louis Carvajal gave him a little bit of time, and it's been productive, and looks like he's not missed a beat. Actually, he comes off a career best buyer number at Parks up there, going six furlongs. And he's got a good outside draw. I kind of like that today. He's got great tactical speed. Um, you know, as long as he gets a sharp break from the gate, he can be placed kind of wherever the rider wants. Well, that's absolutely the key in the Breeders' Cup sprint you have to get away even even if you're not the horse that's going to be in on in front you have to get away well you have to get away clean because if you don't everything happens so fast you get shuffled back very very quickly has a couple sharp works going in into it and uh 
I, I think back, Abendanza ran a lifetime best in the Gallant Bob at, Phil, uh, at Parks. It was Philadelphia Park then mm-hmm. at Parks uh, going to the Breeders' Cup. So it's a, it's a good number, 109. It's easy to run fast races at, at uh, Parks. Uh, we know that, but a respectable race, and I, I agree with you. I think the outside uh, outside's a definite advantage. And he, I know a couple of astute handicappers in the press box who said after he won the George, he could be, win the Breeders' Cup sprint, and here he is uh, after all this time. Uh, but, you know, it's not an easy field by any chance. Whitmore, who was uh, third in the grade three to Francis Dash, bounced back off of the one to two um, uh, uh, third place finish in there with, with a win at Keeneland in the grade two Phoenix. So he's no worse for wear. He's yet to really run back to a triple digit buyer number um, in recent races, but uh, he, he could certainly uh, get the job done. Well, this is third off the layoff, always a good angle. Uh-huh. And and I thought the horse was a little short in, in the DeFrancis dash. The horse was came back blowing pretty hard. And he was down inside, but I don't think that had much to do with it. He he was starting to get a little tired inside the eighth pole and uh, came back and won that race. So won that race in Keeneland. So I think th- third, after the la- th- third off the layoff is going to help him. And uh, it's got some nice works going in there to Churchill Downs. All right, so Whitmore, Imperial Hen. How about the 5-2 morning line favorite in the sprint? Your defending champion, Drafong, won this race last year when he was three for the Hall of Famer. Bob Baffert, Mike Smith will ride again. He won the four-go last out uh, up at Saratoga. We haven't seen him since late August, but he is your defending champion in this race. Yeah, well, he's already got a win at Del Mar. He broke his maiden at Del Mar. And then he had kind of an eventful situation happen at Del Mar, yeah. breaking close to the gap there, which he's going to do a game this uh, this coming uh, Saturday when he ducked in and unseated Mike Smith and kind of ran around the track, bounced back with a win off of that. Uh, I don't know, just one of those fluke things, I guess. Oh, well, it's not one of those fluke things. If you look back on his form, he did his first start of his life. He, he, he ducked in off slow and he ducked in so this horse has a history of doing this type of thing and uh the gap doesn't help them it usually encourages them but uh he does it all he does it all on his own a little bit he breaks close to the gap again so (laughs) close to the gap and he's he's had uh uh, problems at the start uh getting off a little slow and getting bumped and like we talked about before you you only have to get off a half a neck slow especially in the sprint and you can find yourself in a world of trouble the horses start to come in so uh, the break is going to clearly going to be everything for uh, Defrong. Sounds like he may not be on your ticket, or at least you're going to yeah, hedge a little bit. Well, you know, <laughs> I don't know. I'll um, be on my ticket. Mind your biscuits. Uh, <laughs> yeah. We're going to $2.2 million in there as well. And uh, Takaful, who comes off a grade one win on a good track at Belmont. Was it the good track, or is he just getting that good? All right, so the sprint, one of many uh, nice races Friday, Saturday in the Breeders' Cup. Let's take a look at the feature, the $6 million Breeders' Cup. Classic going a mile and a quarter on the main track. And here's Arrogate. Here's Arrogate winning uh, the country to make that the world's richest horse race, the Pegasus World Cup last January at Gulfstream. We got a 119 buyer winning this race. He went over to Dubai after this one in Dubai and then uh, hasn't hasn't won since Dubai. Has, what, what Arrogate are we going to see this Saturday in a Breeders' Cup Classic? This one or, or, or the one since Dubai? I'll let you take that tackle Well, that. you know, he's an unbridled song. And, yeah. and unbridled songs sometimes have a very, very short window of, of good performances. Uh, sometimes it's, it's physical. Sometimes it's just mental. They're, they're just that type of horse. And I watched his latest work at, at Santa Anita, and it was an okay work, but uh, they, they're very, very careful. They always give him a target to chase. They did this time. They let that other horse break off about seven in front. 
uh, got to the other horse a little soon, it looked a little flat. I thought the work, it, it was an impressive work, and don't misunderstand me, but they really, really do things to keep him motivated. In his last two starts, he simply hasn't looked motivated. Uh, he looked disinterested in the San Diego, and he just kind of ground through it in the Pacific Classic, I, got, classic, yeah. I thought. He's going to have to get back to his former form, or else he's going to be in trouble. Right, he's, now he's back at Del Mar again, side of his last two races where he's a beaten favorite in both, collected beat him there, collected <clears throat> getting an outside uh, draw in the Classic on Saturday. And, of course, everybody's talking about Gunrunner and, yeah. uh, you know, how great he looks and coming yeah. into the race. Uh, well, a couple other nice three-year-olds in this race, including the Travers winner, West Coast, for trainer Bob Bafford, and also Gunavera, who's the runner-up in the Travers. Let's show you the Travers from Saratoga. Uh, with uh, Gunavera coming late, West Coast is third turner for home, but West Coast is your eventual winner in the Travers. Gunavera, he's going to come from way out of it in the Classic, going a mile and a quarter. He's uh, He needs a fast early pace to, to close into. He's a beautiful horse for beautiful connections. The Sanos have been class acts this whole year. Uh, yeah, West Coast just too too good here in the Travers. And West Coast is going to be tough in the Classic, but uh, if, if it's a fast early pace, Gunavera is going to be coming late. Yeah, that's his style. Not going to change it. No, West uh, Gunavera be coming le uh, late. West Coast has won five in a row coming into this race, and uh, he looks very very good. He looked really really good in the Travers, I thought. And uh, Gunavera be coming late. I, you know, I just don't think Gunavera is fast enough at right. the end of the day. And great people, they were wonderful to have at Preakness. Um, they were wonderful work around but uh, th this race is awfully salty because we haven't even gotten to the outside horse collected. Well you make a good point uh, but but uh, remember Drosselmeyer won this race so sometimes you get a, you get a plotter like that that comes from out of it and um, who's like, that great like horse Motahi? that won the derby that year? Giacomo yeah that's the one. Giacomo, Giacomo, Giacomo won the derby too. Right sometimes, <laughs> sometimes it happens sometimes it happens. Well the horse that probably is not going to be anywhere near the lead that I like a little bit maybe is Mubtahij um, you know second time here in the How many is Baffert barn? having here? Uh, <laughs> We've got these loaded he's, got, uh, he's. four horses. Right. Well, yeah, Drayden, Drayden, Drayden Van uh, Dyker rides this five-year-old. Uh, yeah, nice, uh, nice one in the grade one. Awesome again, uh, last out at, at Santa Anita. I saw a, a picture somewhere online, I think a Barbara Livingston picture of this horse. He's a, he's a beautiful-looking one. I think every horse in the classic, safe to say, good-looking animal. Yeah, yeah. The, the question is, you know, what arrogant we will see on Saturday. And, and if, if not, if he, you know, if he kind of – and it runs mid-pack as he did. He's got post position one. You know, what are their options now? Well, uh, and that could be a real issue for him because if he's getting to the point where he's he's just not interested, he's down on the fence taking a lot of kickback. He even if you send him, then what? Yeah, I mean, he could get to the point where he's real disinterested uh, sitting back there. And, and I don't know. I mean, it's... It's hard to question, you know, not going to question Bob Baffert for sure, but this horse has not looked uh, looked uh, the same since since the race in, in Florida. But uh, I like collected on the outside. He's coming in here. He's won four in a row, ran a huge number in beating Arrogate last time on 115. He's got some real strong works coming into this race. Uh, I think this horse could be very, very tough collected. Eight for 11 life. How about City Zip? I mean, he's not just a sprinter sire anymore. Uh, you know, yeah, and you got Johannesburg on the bottom sure. side, so that so that helps for sure. I mean, that's kind of like the bold ruler, bold ruler Prince Guillo deal, but not quite Secretary. Same theory. I mean, we talked the uh, sprint, we talked about the classic, but I mean, the cards Friday and Saturday uh, loaded. I know you wanted to maybe touch on a, another race in there too on Friday's card. You wanted well, to look, the, uh, the, the distaff. distaff. Yeah, 
For, for sure. I mean, you've got yeah, Stellar uh, Wind, Abel Tasmany Late, Paradise yeah. Woods uh, on on uh, Friday afternoon. That's, that's race nine. Race nine Friday. Right. Mm -hmm. yep. And we we uh, there where is the distaff? We have the distaff uh, classic double. You can play as well. So okay. Uh, post time I think is seven. Yeah, seven thirty-five Laurel time for the distaff. You're coming out to Laurel on Friday. All right, well, we're running out of time. Let's show you what's coming up here at Laurel Park. If you can't make it at Del Mar, hopefully you can make it here to Laurel Park. Our gates open Friday and Saturday at 11 o'clock. First race post time here at Laurel Park is 12.30, so hope you come enjoy Breeders' Cup with us. We have six big fields on the world-class turf course Saturday and Friday as well. Uh, let's uh, show you what's coming up next weekend. This is going to be a big weekend. It's Veterans Day, and we're also going to celebrate the life and legacy of Ben's Cat, the Maryland Bread Champion. We have six stake races, a free bobblehead, free poster, autograph session with the Hall of Famer King Leatherberry and all the jockeys, drink specials, and more. This is a week from this Saturday. Going to be a big day celebrating Ben's Cat. I think uh, the, cr the, the crowd is going to be a lot larger than they really think it's coming. We have people coming from all over the country yep. to see the memorial service and also to, to celebrate Ben. Ah, what a horse he was. He was w one of those type of horses. We have a term in racing that we call can smell the wire. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, he was the kind of horse that could just simply smell the wire. He knew where the wire was, knew what he had to do to get there first. And then that was it. He pulled himself up. All right. All right. So that's a week from this Saturday. Ben's Cat Day here at Laurel Park. Go to the website, laurelpark.com, for more information about all the activities. And, yeah, don't sleep on that. There's a carryover at, De at Belmont tomorrow, Belmont Aqueduct, wherever the heck they're running <laughs> at <Aqueduct>. New York. <laughs> it's a mandatory payout because they were snowed out or something last weekend up there. Oh, rain. Huh? Yeah, so, so it's a mandatory payout in New York tomorrow plus Breeders' Cup. So this might be foolishly ignored tomorrow, but that's a nice, a nice pot of money sitting there in the pick six. Like Speaking of uh, New York this Saturday, Wise Gal in uh, okay. $100,000 stake ninth race in, in New York, Aqueduct or Belmont, wherever they're running, yeah, Dove Houghton, yeah. right. Wise Gal, Stevie Hamilton. Yep, all right, nice. One of our uh, Salima here at Laurel Park. That's it. We're out of time. Hope we see you here at the track this weekend. For Tim Tullock, Dave Robin, I'm Stan Salter. Good luck.